All right, greetings, Northern Kentucky. I'm here with everyone's favorite local celebrity, Pat Crowley, former Inquirer columnist and political writer, now principal of Strategic Advisors. And in addition, I have Joe Shields, principal of Wordsworth, a local public relations firm. He's also a political operative, and he's running the campaigns of Mr. Pendry, our judge executive, Gary Edmondson, and many others. Welcome, boys. Thank Hello. you. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> hey, so first of all, it was an active campaign season. Ohio was a hotbed, ob- obviously, nationally. What surprised you the most about this campaign season, Pat? I, I don't know if it was a surprise, but certainly the revelation is uh, the Democrats can't engage. Unions can get out and, and drive the vote. I mean, it's the theory I've been using, and Joe and I have talked about this many a time in his basement, I mean, who's pissed off? You know, a year ago it was the Tea Party, and they were pissed off, and they got their people out, and they motivated, and they showed up. The labor unions were very upset about SB5. They came out. They raised money. They worked the phones. You know, we were out pitching unions on the Brent Spence Bridge six weeks ago, and we'd go out to IBEW in Cincinnati, and the war room would be packed every day with people making calls, sending emails. So that, to me, that was – and I know the Obama people and the Democrats are loving it because they saw that – that um, Ohio is, you know, Ohio is always in play, but now they feel a little bit better about their chances there. Is that going to hold? You know, who knows? But at least at this moment in time right now, Ohio is much more in play. And, and the Democrats are encouraged about Ohio. Then they're also encouraged about Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, all f- uh, four of the main 12 states that are going to be in play next year. Yeah, I would uh, I would think the Democrats probably would have preferred to have SB5 on the uh, ballot next year yeah. uh, because you had the, you know, the, the similar um, effect that you had in 2008 with Obama with a lot of um, a lot of people who would come out that n- normally wouldn't. I would also take away from this that the, uh, I guess, anti-SB5 people ran a great campaign, mm-hmm. um, trotted out the firemen and the, uh, the, uh, the police officers with a very uh, emotional appeal to voters. Uh, frankly, I don't know what campaign SB5 ran because I didn't none of it resonated with me I didn't really see much of it um, but yeah they ran the right campaign for sure and then uh, they got the fruits of victory as a result so. that's a great point Joe I, w- I was talking to um, someone and they, they mentioned that I think it was um, one of the lawyers we work with who follows a lot of politics and they said the same thing you look at the anti-SB5 it's a firefighter it's a policeman it's a it's a nice attractive young teacher yeah. What what did the the uh, pro? It was newspaper endorsements. Right. I mean, what right. are those carriers Establishment. anymore? Right. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> and you know, you, you talk about they wish they could have it on next year. Remember what happened in, I guess it was two thousand four. Uh, I don't think it was a coincidence that there were, I think, nine states that had uh, anti-gay marriage initiatives right. on there, including right. Kentucky. Right. You right. know, Carl Rove, another point for him that turned out yeah. those evangelicals, which are such a huge base for the Republicans. Right. Absolutely. Joe, how would you how would you run the uh, pro SB five campaign. I mean, this is something that I, I mean, John Kasich thought he had a mandate essentially from the people, and uh, he, he you know he has a Republican House, Republican Senate, and uh, you know is pretty bold. But all of a sudden, it all falls apart, and yeah. uh, I, I don't get it. A lot of it would have to do with with uh, who was voting. I mean, if you looked at some of the polling data of, of who was going to come out and vote, you know, SB five was fundamentally more of a um, a logical argument, which are always difficult campaigns to run um, because you know, wh- who can you put out there? As Pat mentioned, who can you put out there to to speak? 
um, passionately that has resonance with the target audiences that you're looking at uh, to essentially cut pensions. I mean, that's what we're talking about here is cutting, you know, uh, uh, money from from uh, from people's uh, uh, things that they've paid into, things that they've counted on. Uh, while fiscally it may be a really smart thing to do, the reality is that there's people behind those numbers. So, you know, what's the emotional appeal of, of, uh, of cutting pensions? Um, you know, I think they tried to, to position it as they would get more officers on the street because there would be more money available. It just it, – it, it, it's counterintuitive. You know, I mean, you, I, don't, I don't – it would be a very, very difficult race to run. I think probably more – I mean, you could have gone with a, sort of the buffoonery campaign where it's like these, this is ridiculous. It's sort of the, the welfare yeah. – uh, the, the welfare cheats and those kind of things to prove the larger point by showing you this is what – these folks are getting. But again, you have, in a weird way, government attacking the private citizen. <laughs> so it would I tell you, the way I would have run it would be to not take it. And, and here's what, you know, I, I think and what we've talked to our other business partner, Greg, Jay Fawcett, who was city manager at Covington and had to negotiate against the unions. And one of his talking points used to be, look, you know, when, when you talk to the citizens, do you pay nothing for your health care? Do you get right. to retire after 20 years and you and your family get benefits for life? Right. Uh, you bring those points. I mean, it, while I, I think there's a need for organized labor in this country, and no doubt about it, but if I was running that campaign, and frankly we were asked to and we turned it down, um, you, you can show unattractive uh, events or, or disturbing events during strikes or these people aren't, ref- aren't showing up for the jobs they, that they have to do to protect us. I mean, there would have been ways. Would it have worked? Probably not. They, I agree with Joe. And, and, uh, At least you'd have been on the same field. The, the, the antis ran a great campaign. They, they had some yeah. of the best radio ads um, yeah. because I'm in the car so much, uh, driving back and forth to Frankfurt and arguing with my business partners about re- being reimbursed for mileage. Uh, <laughs> that uh, I listened to a lot of the radio ads and they were really good. Yeah, I think I think all great points. Um, you know, but still fundamentally. Uh, you have somebody saying you're taking something away from me, right. uh, and again, if you if you look at, I don't know what the profile was of the of the voters, how many people voted, or or what it was. I suspect that uh, the the pro SB five people would have been speaking to an audience that wasn't engaged. Um, so you know, I think that it was a, an uphill battle to begin with, but um, clearly they they needed to to be on the field. Uh, with the way the antis ran it, uh, to have some kind of countervailing emotional message, which they fundamentally did not have, that I could see. Right. Hmm. What about what about the Cincinnati Council? I mean, were you surprised Crazy. by that? I mean, I was yeah. talking to someone. Is it is this the most liberal council we've ever had? Yeah, I think it is. I don't know enough about them individually. Yes, um, it honestly, is. To, is it? Yeah, I mean, I it's, it's certainly up there with what they had in the seventies. When I mean, you would expect, um, what is it? Seven seventies? Yeah, one R one. One, uh, one uh, is there is there even a charterite out there? I'm not sure. I know Charlie um, Winburn. I think there is one. Winburn's sure. a Republican, or is he a charterite? I don't know. Let's, exactly. what, what day is it? Um, I think it was. It, you know, when you look at the context of of who was getting the vote out, it's not surprising. I mean, Labor was out there. They right, turned the right. vote out. They turned the vote out in the city. So it's not surprising. Um, is it? Uh, but in the overall picture, in 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 an area that's considered a, a Republican hotbed to have this council. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. It will be interesting to watch because the council is going to be going against the interest of business in Fourth Street uh, yeah. for the next two years. Yeah, I never, I didn't talk to anybody who thought somebody like Bortz was in trouble. For example, yeah, exactly, right. that yeah. was like right. because clearly he he had money. Um, he's a, he's a vet. Uh, I mean, not a veteran uh, in that sense, but he's a veteran of council, knows how to run the races, knows how to win. Uh, and for him to get beat was just uh, that was the most single most surprising thing to me. I mean, you talk about a 
an ironclad uh, incumbent. I mean, you just don't expect that to go. But that's a good point that Pat makes that, you know, it, it shows the, the trickle-down um, uh, effect of, of a real divisive race like SB5 is that, you know, they don't go to the polls and just vote for that issue. You know, if they're coming out, then they're voting on all the things that are that are on the ballot. And it would stand to reason that if, if uh, the organized labor got a lot of those folks out in the city, of course they're going to vote for people who are, are closer to the netting of what they believe in. So that's that probably is, that's the best explanation I've heard yet. So. And, it, and it's a top-of-the-ticket mentality. Look what happened across the river here in Kentucky with the, with the governor's race and the statewide races. Steve Beshear, the governor, elected by 21 points, re-elected by 21 points. David Williams dragged the entire ticket right. down, yeah. uh, except for the agricultural commissioner, which was an aberration. Uh, he actually, Jamie Comer, who's a West Kentucky farmer, actually led the ticket of more votes than anybody. Um, and, and there's a couple reasons for that. One, he ran against an absolute clown. A uh, Democrat from Louisville who who um, ran a horrible campaign. Never a farmer. Never a farmer. His last name's Farmer. Made fun of Eastern Kentucky people. Uh, he's yeah. a comedian, and somebody got a hold of the tape where he's just slamming Eastern Kentucky people. <laughs> yeah, but also, were, Jamie Farmer, I know him from Frankfurt. He's a legislator, a very likable guy, and he was able to attract yeah. the mainstream Republicans, rank-and-file Republicans, the Tea Party, yeah. and actually polled a lot of Republican votes or Democratic votes. Yes. In, in Frankfurt, in the, the front yard of the, of the KEA headquarters, the Kentucky Education Association, the most powerful labor union in Kentucky was the Jamie Comer sign. Uh, <laughs> and so that you, you watch that name as far as somebody who's going to be around. Well, you uh, talk about likability. Uh, a lot of my friends are apolitical. Um, I can't tell you how many of them said that they, they did not vote for, actually voted against David Williams. These are people who I'm not even sure are yeah. completely sure who he is, but they knew enough of him and and uh, his uh, uh, unlikability quotient. Let's uh, let's talk about that a second. Him. I mean, David Williams. I mean, obviously he's a polarizing figure because he's a you know whenever you have a speaker of the house or a Senate president, those tend to be lightning right. rods for for the different parties. But I mean, is this is Bashir that good? Or is Williams that bad? You know, I covered both these guys. I've covered David Williams for 20 years. Um, Bashir was very good. At, and one, he's a likable guy. Right. And uh, um, he was able to – no scandals, which right. th- that sounds like – well, there shouldn't be. But th- this is Kentucky <laughs> right, politics where there's always a scandal. Right. No counties uh, no counties in bankruptcy. Right. No cities in bankruptcy. Yeah. Rope-a-dope. Yeah. Didn't really get out right. there too much. Didn't debate with David Williams. Um Actually, his signature issue when he ran in 07, gambling, he couldn't even get through yet. He still won. David Williams was – Greg, you make a great point. He did have to say no a lot, and he did engage in a lot of tough fights in Frankfurt. But he got to start enjoying it, and yeah, he started yeah. to use his muscle to get things through. And he's not a likable guy, and it's not just – that just didn't resonate with the voters, but it resonated with the rank-and-file Republicans. He yeah. lost Kenton County, yes. which is one of the biggest uh, Republican counties in the state. I think by registration, it is the biggest. Uh, as far as the number of registered Republican voters. And he lost it. And he damn near lost Boone County, right. which, you know, Ernie Fletcher won Boone County with 65% of the vote. Um, it, they didn't turn out for him. They sat on their hands. And you're going to see that happen. We'll get to that in a minute in the presidential race, too. What do you think? Um, I mean, could you misinterpret this as a mandate? Could Bashir misinterpret this as a mandate to do some stuff? And, and what I mean by that is, I mean, you continually have the debate of, is Bashir that good or is Williams that bad? Well, Bashir wins with a landslide. He he control he brings the ticket with him. Could he be mis? You know, I think understood. that understood. Well, for one, he's a lame duck. He doesn't have to run again, so he can right. do pretty much what he wants mm-hmm. and not have to worry about it. And Bashir has never been close with the legislature. He does not have a great relationship with the legislature, so it's not like he's going to upset anybody um, uh, up on the third floor, as they say, uh, in Frankfurt. 
you know, a mandate, you know, Bashir started talking mandate about 10 days out, which was really unusual for him. He doesn't brag, but he knew it was going to be big. And, yeah, they're going to try some things. They're going to try gambling. They're going to try some, some of the stuff on the pensions, which, you know, our pensions in Kentucky are $7.5 billion in the hole. Um, they're going to try some th- – I don't know if you're going to see a tax increase, but you're going to see fee increases. Mm. They're already talking about maybe putting a tax on some paramutual wagering. I think he's going to try to run it out as a mandate. What he will need to make that happen, though, is he's going to have to repair his – his, or at least build a, a a relationship with the legislature, which he doesn't have now. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't know about mandates. I mean, you know, ask Obama how right. how his mandate went in, in two thousand and eight. Uh, you know, houses of Congress, uh, certainly at the federal level, and, and and I would assume also at the state level, have a way of doing what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of power. Um, you know, the politicians. It would seem like politicians who have a lot of uh, of uh, of mandate ability are also very charismatic. Uh, that are able to just by force of personality use the you know the horribly overused but nonetheless accurate term of uh, of a bully pulpit. I don't think anybody's going to confuse you know Steve Bashir with uh, with Ronald Reagan anytime soon. So uh, you know I'm always wor- nervous about anybody who talks about a mandate because you know when it gets when the election's over and it gets down to to doing the work of it, uh, there's a whole lot of hands that are in the pie beyond the guy that's on top. That's just been my experience right, with it. Right. What do you guys think? What do you guys see coming up uh, for the presidential election? What, what's Kentucky's been your... in play. Well, yeah. what, what... Kentucky is not in play. Um, Never what, do you, what do you think about the Republicans right now? I mean, uh, you know, it, I'm going to stick by what I said a year ago, and Joe makes fun of me. I, don't, I, I can't see Barack Obama losing today. He is incredibly vulnerable, but he, there are going to be three billion dollars spent on his behalf: a billion he'll raise, a billion, billion the DNC will raise, and a billion the outside interest will raise. Uh, that's why the A-team is not running against – that's why a lot of the rising stars in the uh, Republican Party sat this one out. You think that's why they sat this out? You think that's why the Rubios yes. and Christie's uh, yeah, and I do. Sat I think, uh, you why, think they're the A-team, though? I think Rubio could have been because we just elected a black man named Barack Hussein Obama when we're fighting Muslims. I think that the country's looking for something different, and the Republicans are adverse to that completely. Um, seven of the last ten Republicans uh, who were nominated had run for the presidency presidential race before when only two of the 10 Democrats, right. they, they they get in order. And I think that someone, a, a young Latino from a big state like Florida, yeah, I think he would have caught fire. And I think he would, I think Chris Christie would have given him a, a, a hard run for his money. But I think they thought, why get my head beat in by this guy? Um, and I think they also know that, you know, the economy is not going to get any worse. It's going to get a little bit better. They're going to get out. He's going to be able to get, uh, say, I got the troops out of Iraq. They're probably going to have most of the troops out of Afghanistan. And, you know, there's only 12 states. That's what people forget about. That's one reason Joe and I have always enjoyed so much bullshit in his basement. You know, most people think presidential race, you got to win the whole country. This right. is coming down to 12 states, right. probably 10. Right. And then you got to go <laughs> in there and three. just mix it up. And who's going who's, who's gonna to have that? We are, what, seven weeks away from the first Republican primary? And guess who's up in the polls today? Newt Gingrich, Gingrich right. by, by 15 points. He Are was, you kidding he me? He was polling at two points yeah. uh, right, two yeah. months ago. Well, yes. remember his campaign, his whole campaign yes, team left. Yes, yes. Uh, in, now they're coming uh, back. Yeah. But he's, he, there's no way he's going to win. There's all, here's what happens. There's all these stories yeah. coming out today right. that, he, that he made, I don't know how many millions, pushing prescription drug benefit, pushing the, um, the mandate for individual insurance. I know that came up in one of the, one of the debates, one of the 4,000 debates we've had so right. far. Or someone was hitting Romney for doing Obamacare, and he looked at Gingrich and said, you're the one who gave us the individual mandate. Of course, Romney, being tone deaf, didn't tell anybody what that was. But Gingrich's think tank, which companies were paying twenty to 50000 a year to belong to, right. and, he, and he made $8 million on it, they were pushing the individual mandate 
three, four years ago. Yeah, right. So he's going to have big problems. I think it's going to be Romney. I think Romney's doing a rope-a-dope with, with, like Bashir did, let these guys get out there and self-destruct. He walks in and gets the nomination, and I think Obama beats him. Hard to argue. Uh, I, you know, my old saw is uh, uh, 12 months is a long time. Yes. Um, I will say that uh, a person that I respect uh, uh, here in the city uh, told me that Obama, um, this was in 2008 as the campaign was unfolding, she signed on because she said it was the, the most professional, best-run organization she's ever been a part of. And this is a person who is in a position to have known. Um, so you talk about that that sort of just the organ. I mean, Everybody talks about campaigns, about ideology and ads and stuff, but it's the structure and it's the decision making and it's the things on the ground and how information gets out and coordinated. And, you know, he is a machine as far as that kind of stuff is concerned. And, you know, three billion dollars. I mean, I can't even you know, I can't even get my arms around how much money that wasn't is it, and what that wasn't allows. it uh, George Bush and uh, Al Gore. They were talking about how they each spent over a hundred million dollars. Well, they were weren't they among the were they the first to opt out of the public financing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, this is just insane. It's insane. Yeah. It it's is insane. insane. And and you know Joe's Joe's exactly right about this. You know while these Republicans are fighting over who's going to get the nomination, you know Republic Obama's been on the ground yeah. for a year in Nevada, and everybody goes Nevada. That's a state that's in play. Absolutely. So they're out there organizing and setting yeah. it up, and that has a, a, that that matters. Now, but, you know, it, but you, doesn't sell it, but it matters. You need to be organized. You, you, you are need seeing, to be pragmatic. You are seeing some things that are interesting, though. Uh, polls that show young people starting to split away from him, so they don't have the stars in their eyes that they did uh, four years ago, which was a really big part for him. Um, you are seeing starting to see fits and starts of uh, of um, uh, of economic advancement. But you know what's going to happen in Europe? What's going? I mean, now you're here in Hungary is is you know, looking Spain for today about, too. You know, right. So it's just it is an incredibly fluid situation. But I think if you if you had to lay a bet. Uh, on on uh, on you know, the field right. on the Republican side uh, or Obama, I, I don't know how you could bet on anything. But uh, uh, besides Obama, but that's a future. Um, I just think that you know it's going to be a very interesting twelve months. I know that that sounds like a dodge, but you know I don't think anybody could have foreseen what what Obama's. You know how he. I mean, have you seen the pictures of him lately? As yeah. opposed to you know before uh, you know he took office. I mean, this is a guy that. Uh, uh, I think is worn out. Um, you see, you know, uh, Dick uh, or is it Dick Daly? What's uh, the, the guy that he brought Richard in? Daly. Richard Daly, um, you know, who is quietly being moved out of uh, of his day to day duties as chief of staff. It's not Richard Daly. Um, he's dead. It's, he's dead. it's, it's one of the Dalys. The Daly that's Chicago was Commerce guys. Secretary for right. uh, for Clinton. Yeah, he's right. being. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, you are starting to see some some kind of interesting things, and you know, money, uh, while certainly important, um, you know, isn't the only factor. But right now, when you're looking at a, you're looking. At the, how many or seven or eight or however many Republicans are out there, you don't know any, what they're going to be like as an individual uh, um, uh, nominee and, and how they'll be as a uh, as a uh, as a candidate and, and how well they'll do against him. Uh, the smart money seems to be on on Romney. You know, I mean, he's what the pundits are saying is how amazing it is that he stayed at that between about twenty four and twenty six percent. While everybody else, I mean, Rick Perry came in and he was at about 150 percent for a while, and now he's down in the what single digits yeah. or whatever. But Romney hasn't done that. I mean, Romney, he whether it's rope a dope or whatever it is, it's kind of amazing that he hasn't been, um, you know, on that sort of heartbeat. Uh, well, you know, everything. and something that what fascinates me about presidential <laughs> politics, and something that you know, Joe, not to not to kiss you around the mouth, but something that you Go ahead. taught me over the years uh, to, to look for. 
you know, there, there's, a, there's ads up right now that the um, Mormon church is putting up called I'm a Mormon, and they're spending $1.6 million, and these are ads that show that show young families, old families, African Americans, Latinos, all these different people as Mormons, and it's running in Nevada, New Mexico, Florida, yeah. Ohio, all these yeah. swing yeah. states. Yeah. Now, of course, yeah. there's no coordination, Absolutely but guess not. where they're not running? Iowa and South Carolina, where the evangelicals, if you even say Mormon, their heads explode. So I just, you know, that was in Politico today, and it just is so. um, What do you think about it? It's a chess match. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, JFK, Catholicism, do you think it's the Romney Mormon thing? I don't think it matters. You know, I think when you get into evangelicals, though, I think Gingrich is going to have a huge problem with, especially female evangelicals, on how he's going to explain away his affairs. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, That's going to be tough. Well, he had, wasn't he the one that had the the wife that was dying of cancer and he was, uh, had divorce papers delivered to her in her hospital. Now, that's a wife's tale or not, but it's, you know, something great great to throw out on a podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) And he suffocated her with a pillow. (laughs) Well, he was impeaching, while he was impeaching Clinton, he was, uh, having a little fun with his now, staffer. I think Gingrich is a brilliant guy, and that's why he was hired by all these companies. Yeah. Uh, and that's why companies should hire me. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, are, can you be a presidential candidate? And, you know, I think, you know, Obama's not going to have the same kind of appeal that he did last time. Um, so I think that they're hoping to I think Barack Obama was incredibly vulnerable, but again, I don't think this this team can be. Well, and they're they're all they're all killing each other. I mean, they are just you know. But you know, it's interesting. I've I've heard um, uh, you know I I try to listen to as as wide a spectrum of people as I possibly can, and I and I listen to to Sean Hannity, which as even as a Republican is, is is challenging for me to do. And his saw, and I've heard him say this several times, is how how great this process has been. That you know they're getting all the stuff aired that needs to be aired, and they're putting them through their paces so that when they become the nominee, you know they uh, they've already been vetted and they've already you know that uh, <laughs> it's not to say any right. kind any kind of of a, of a primary you know usually is small potatoes to to when when you're you know mono mono against somebody. But it's interesting that to see a guy like him who is he's steadfastly not choosing, not backing anybody, not doing anything like that. I think that you know the Republican establishment to the extent that it can be sees what's in front of them and it's an opportunity and i think a lot of them honestly are uh, especially rank and file uh really do believe that that obama is a bad and dangerous president and i don't think it's all party i think that they're you know the the, the they see in him the wrong way and 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 you're seeing the polls which are uh, what is it now 60 percent uh, of the country thinks we're heading in the wrong direction it's it's within you know two or three points either hasn't way it been that. that way for the last five years though um, well, I think if and, you, and does that have anything to do with the amount of money? I mean, it just seems like no, the money is just drowning everything else. <laughs> that's all self-preservation. I think what's different is that uh, if you if you remember back the way Obama um, came in, I think he he engendered a lot of uh, excitement and uh, that he was going to be different. And I think from the get-go, he wasn't. And he's going to have a yeah. hard. He's going to have a harder time holding on to that mantle like he did before. I mean, let's remember he rose above. I mean, I know Pat and I had blood matches about whether or not Hillary Clinton was going to win. All the money, all the establishment, all the infrastructure, right. all the right. everything, except for one thing, and that was hope. And and Obama had it, knew how to play it, and he won. He can't really run that way and, this year. He and, just can't. And here's one more pragmatic point: Obama wins Iowa. If Hillary knocks him out, nobody knows who Barack Obama is. Probably true. He yeah. won Iowa, knocked her on her heels. She was catching up. She was catching, right, him, but right, could never right. catch him. I want to make one more point too about the Democrats. And, and you know, I, I interviewed a Democratic member of Congress once. I don't want to say who when I was a reporter. But he said, you know, you, you go into a Democratic caucus meeting, and everybody's in the room. You know, there are 
um, the, the 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 minorities, the you know the African Americans, uh, the gays, the labor unions, uh, uh, the urban people, be, uh, uh, the the Eskimos. You know, everybody's got a voice. The Democrats are used to corralling that. Yeah, the Republicans, right, like I said right. before, it's always been okay. Who are we going to get behind this year? Bob Dole, John McCain, <laughs> Ronald. Now, now it's a little bit different. They they have right. you have the evangelicals, you have the Tea Party, you have right. the suburban Republicans, you have the rhinos, you have the force the the, the, the uh, business Republicans who the fiscally. Can- so they're dealing with this a little bit, and, and it's not going to change. Libertarians, I mean, yeah, but none of those guys more. is going to pull a D lever. They're not going to pull a D lever. What they do, Joe, is they just what we saw with David Williams. They yep. sit on their hands. Yep. They don't go out and work. They don't yep. knock on the doors. They don't write the checks. Unless you're running against a guy that you think is going to. I mean, I believe that there are a lot of people that really do think he's he's going to turn us into a, to a, a socialist state. I mean, I don't believe that. We heard all but, that. Uh, but I didn't know. But it. I know. But that's a, that's that's an that that is something that you can play. That is something that you can find the right spokesperson, the right message to get to that audience to get them to not sit on their hands. Right. I don't think you're going to have a problem with turnout. Uh, in 2012, I think that there a lot of people think that there, I think you're going to see a very engaged electorate uh, all across the spectrum, um, and I think that that you're not going to have single issue people um, like a Tea Party or, or evangelicals sit on their hands. I think they're they're too scared uh, of uh, the current president. I really do believe that's that. a good point. I want to make one more uh, point. Clinton's got a new book out. That is, um, I just start reading it at a bookstore. If my daughter Shanna is listening, I want that for Christmas, along with the Steve Jobs book. Um, he really takes a couple of shots at Obama about uh, you need to get your message out there. Let's yeah. all face it, Bill Clinton was a master. Yes. And uh, I'm going to ask Joe a question, then we got to stop this because I, you know, the maker's mark is ready. But Joe, in time, rank, please rank uh, of all time these great TV shows, uh, one <laughs> to three, 60 minutes. Okay. Seinfeld. Northern Kentucky Magazine. You're talking about from best to worst? Yeah. That's easy. Uh, Northern Kentucky Magazine, clearly number one. Thanks, um, Joe. Seinfeld, because it's funny, and then way in third place, 60 Minutes, not nearly the journalistic integrity thank you. of the first two. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Well, boys, thank you. Thanks, Greg. You're a great host. Yes. Thank you, Greg. I didn't believe in this See you, boys. See you.